0: All right, guys, alright. Hey man, it's awesome to see you guys today. Hey, if it's your first time here, uh, my name is Mark and I'm the lead pastor and we're just super pumped, man, to have you guys here today. Uh, Hey, let's give it up for all of our VIPs, man. Everybody that's new here today, come and check us out, man. It's awesome to see you guys. And, uh, man, it's so cool. Hannah and Taylor coming up doing the welcome. You guys rocked it. Give it up for Hannah and Taylor here, man. That's awesome. Woo! Look at y'all. That's awesome. That was awesome. That's so cool, man. Hey, I wanted to mention a couple things to you before we jumped in. You just saw a little uh, highlight uh, video from an event we did two weeks ago called Marriage Forward. And Marriage Forward, if you didn't hear about it, you weren't able to go. That was uh, a marriage event that we did in Buckhorn. Uh, we had 22 couples uh, there for that. 22 married couples there uh, for Marriage Forward. And man, the response to that was just amazing. And we are uh, really we use that as a we're using that as a church kind of launch, uh, just a big initiative, a constant push for us to help families, help marriages, be everything that. God uh, wants it to be. In fact, if you were checking out the announcement slides there before church started today, if you actually grab your phone right now and with the number 606-268-3633, if you text the word marriage to that number right now, you'll get an instant message back and you can sign up for a monthly marriage e-magazine we're going to send out. You'll get the first issue actually this week. It's totally free. Uh, man, you should do that. But man, that was an awesome, awesome weekend. And also with that uh, is life groups. Life groups kick off this week. And listen, I want you to know something. This is great, what we get to do here today, and, and it's Labor Day, and man, you guys coming to church on Labor Day, these are the people who are going to heaven, just y'all, okay? This is amazing that you guys came today. But this is great, but can I just tell you what's better than this? It's better when you like get in groups, and man, you get to know some people, maybe in a serve group, or in what we call a life group. If you're sitting there and you're thinking, man, how can I get connected in this church, meet some people in this church, you know, or this is great, but you know, how can I maybe go deeper? My a relationship with God. Hey, you know what? My answer to that is join a group. You know what we say all the time here is is groups. Uh, groups are not something that we do; it's what we do. Man, when God just wants you guys to get connected, you can meet some people there and really grow. And so, life groups. Our small groups get together. They study the Bible. They meet in semesters, 12 weeks long, and that starts this week. Now, there's nothing tonight or tomorrow because of the Labor Day holiday. Uh, I'm leading one on Wednesday night. There's a lot of other ones that meet on Wednesday night. You can actually open up the Summit app. Click find a group. All the groups are on there. But if you have not signed up for a group, sign up for one. If you don't want to, then all you need to do is just go around to all kinds of different groups, find one where you can like, and man, just hang out there and jump in. But the reason that I wanted to mention groups in connection with that video is next Sunday night, we are, one of our life groups is called Four Core Habits of a Great Marriage. And it's going to be an awesome life group. And you can sign up for that today. You can do it on our app or maybe out there in the lobby. We can help you out. Go to the welcome table if you want some more info about life groups. But sign up For a group, guys, man, it's the bread and butter, and man, check out one of our groups. Also, uh, one more thing before we jump in. October the 2nd is this right here. You can't see this because it's a really tiny card. It says, Come Alive. Come Alive, maybe you've heard about it on uh, social media, you've heard us talk about it. Come Alive is an event unlike anything that's honestly ever happened here in this region before. Churches all over this county and all over this region are coming together for one weekend, September 30th, October the 1st, and October the 2nd. We are coming together as one church, because at the end of the day, we are all one church on the same team, proclaiming Jesus. We're all going to heaven wearing Jesus t-shirts, not Summit shirts, amen? Amen. Right, And so, for this weekend, we just want to send that message loud and clear. And so what we're doing together, that weekend, September 30th, at Perry County, uh, Perry Central's gym, we're having a big prayer event. That Saturday morning, I think it's at 9 o'clock, we're all going to go to Liberty Street and do some big service projects there. But here's what this card is about. On Sunday morning, October the 2nd, All of our churches, a lot of churches in this area, and we are one of them, we are canceling our individual services, and we are going to have one big, huge, massive church service at East Perry's football field October the 2nd, 11 o'clock. We're bringing in a national speaker. His name's David Nasser. You can Google him, and, man, you'll be blown away by how God's used him. He speaks to over half a million people every year, man. He's just just God's, God's hands just all over this guy's life. And the one in the many, Stephen Bale, his band, they do worship here a lot. Uh, they're playing that morning. There are invites that are being passed out at churches all over the county this morning. Okay, 10,000 invite cards. We have a 1,000 here this morning. All right, we can get more, but they are all over every single table out there. Take as many as you want to take, and let's just saturate this region with invites to come alive. Okay, they are out there at every single table. Grab some as you leave here this morning. All right, guys? Everybody say amen. Everybody say woohoo. Look at somebody next to you and say, you look good today. Now look at the person you didn't pick first and say, you look all right. You look all right. Not as good as the other person, but you look all right all right see some of y'all didn't look at your spouse you need to sign up for marriage forward next year when it happens marriage is already going down the tubes dudes all right here we go hey i'm going to pray for us and then we're going to have a good time here today let's pray father thank you so much for today thank you that, that, that your word is living, it's active. thank you that Jesus is alive today, and God, we've come to worship uh, you. You are the one true and living God. And I don't know what got everybody here today. It might have been, you know, maybe uh, they just come here every Sunday. Maybe they were invited. Maybe they saw something online, or, or maybe they just felt like they needed to come. They can't even explain it. God, wherever, wherever we are, you can meet us right there in that spot. So God, would you do that today? Would you meet our church? Would you meet each family? Would you meet every person right there in the middle of of maybe it's the greatest time of their life, in the middle of maybe it's the darkest time of their life? God, you know every heart, and you are so great that you can tailor make today, especially for every single need in this room. So God, would you do that today? We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. I think it's, uh, Ricky said this a minute ago, Rick, uh, worship leaders get this luxury, you know, where they can sing a song and they say, this is my favorite song. And I was thinking, you know, what if like pastors stood up and did that? This is my favorite sermon, you know, and I, it was like a sermon that they just preach all the time because they like it. Well, um, I was thinking, man, I can't do that. But, but honestly, so we're today we are wrapping up our series that we've been in called Stronger, and we've been uh, talking about what makes a strong church. And so you can go ahead and open up your Bible to Acts chapter 2. Verse 42, and uh, if I could pick a favorite sermon, okay? So if I could pick a favorite sermon or favorite part of the series, the stronger it's today. This is my favorite part of the series, what we get to talk about today. Because what we've done in this series is we've talked about what makes a strong church, not what makes a perfect church because, again, there's no perfect church, right? Churches are filled with people. People are messy. Therefore, churches are as well. And so, But we've learned what makes a strong church. We've learned that a strong church has unity, a strong church. In part two, we saw knows and worships God. Last week, we talked about how a strong church is family. Yeah, it's messy. It's complicated, but it's still family. Well, today, here's what we're going to learn. Today, we are going to discover, and again, this is my favorite part, the favorite thing that we get to talk about today. I'm so excited about this. Because today we're going to talk about how a strong church prays dangerous prayers. A strong church prays dangerous prayers. And, and, and what I want to say just as a, as a warning really before we dive in today is because, you know, just because we're wrapping up this series with prayer, don't think that, that, don't think that we're tacking on prayer at the end of this series because somewhere along the way we just felt like we had to talk about it. You know what I mean? I mean, have you ever noticed that sometimes prayer can be, uh, sometimes we can treat prayer like something that you tack on in front of something or at the end of something, or, or maybe like a hoop that we jump through, right? I, I, I'll be honest with you. Um, my, the prayers that I pray before we eat as a, as a family, the prayers that we pray before, the prayers that I pray rather before we have a meal are not the most spiritual prayers, Bro. Because I am hungry, you know what I'm saying? Like, and so my prayers before we eat are a lot of times like this. Jesus, thanks, amen. Let's go right here, right? I mean, have you ever been at a meal and they ask somebody to pray and that dude prays for 45 minutes and you want to slap them in their face, right? I mean, you are starving to death. 50 minutes in, you start licking your arm just so you can survive, Right? But see, but see, a lot of times we can we can do that to prayer. We can kind of treat prayer as if it's like this hoop that you've got to jump through. Oh, we've got to talk about prayer. Oh, we've got to pray before we get started. Or oh, we've got to pray before we eat or before we wrap it up. And listen, listen, that's not why we're talking about prayer today, okay? We are not talking about prayer today because because we feel like, oh, it's really spiritual to talk about it. No, no, no. If you read the book of Acts, if you read the book of Acts, and especially this is coming from a guy that, I mean, listen, I don't know how much you think about church, okay, on a daily, weekly basis, but I live in church world, all right? This is what I do full-time for my job. And so I am always thinking about church. I live, eat, sleep, breathe. Church, basically, as, as a job, when it comes to a job, and listen, just coming from the church world, there are all kinds of church strategies out there, guys. There's all kinds of books and conferences and things like that, and plans that that are supposed to help churches go to the next level. and uh, And listen, we go to some of those conferences, we read a lot of those books. There's nothing wrong with plans. There's nothing wrong with strategies. But I think if you would have went to the church in Acts and said, "Hey, hey, listen." Peter, John, all you guys. What's the secret sauce, man? What's the secret sauce that makes it happen? Because you guys are rocking the world, bro. How are you getting it done? I am convinced they would look back at you and they would say, we pray. In fact, in fact, that's not a guess. I'll show it to you. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. We've been in this verse every week of the whole series. Let's finish it out today, okay? Acts chapter 2. Verse 42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the what? Prayers. They devoted themselves to prayer. The church in the book of Acts, the power under the hood is prayer. And we are wrong if we think it is going to be any different today. We are wrong if we think that the power of God in our families is going to come any other way than prayer. We are wrong if we think that the power of God just to walk with Jesus every day is going to come by you and I sucking it up and trying hard. Because can't we be honest? Haven't we tried that a lot and that doesn't work, right? We suck it up, we try hard, and then we just keep falling on our faces. Listen, the power of God in our lives to follow Jesus is going to come through prayer. Prayer is not something on the list for Jesus and his people. Prayer is at the top of the list that Jesus has for his people. In fact, look at the Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21 verse 13. You guys know the story of how Jesus walks into the temple and instead of finding a place of reverence for God and worship for God, they basically taken the temple, made, made it a massive flea market. You know what I'm saying? There's all kinds of tables. They're selling goods, and they really don't worship God anymore. People are just there trying to make a buck and give a buck, and that, that kind of thing. Jesus makes the whips, start turning over tables. And in Matthew 21, verse 13, look at what it says. Jesus says, my house will be called a house of prayer. He doesn't say my house might be called a house of prayer. He doesn't say my house should be called a house of prayer. Jesus says, my house, my house, my church will be strengthened. It will be air conditioned, heated. It will be built on a place of prayer. James, book of James, in James chapter 4. I love this verse right here. James chapter 4 verse 2 just simply says this. You do not have because what? What's it say? You tell me. Think about that. Think about that. Hello? Look at your neighbor and say, wake up. Did you hear that? Hey, 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 hey. Is there anything that you've ever wanted God to do and he didn't do it? Anybody raise your hand? Ever wanted God to do something he didn't do? Some of you are not raising your hands. That tells me you don't care or that tells me you're dead. All right? So I got nothing for you either way. Um, Maybe one of the reasons that God didn't do it is you didn't ask. Listen, don't stand in front of Jesus and discover all the things that he would have done, but the only reason he didn't is because you and I didn't have enough faith to ask him to do it. You don't have because what? You don't ask God. See, when we talk about dangerous prayers, dangerous prayers are at their center. Dangerous prayers are dangerous because they believe that there is nothing impossible with God. Okay, so, so we are not simply talking about praying. We are talking about maybe, maybe prayer as it ought to be. We are, Jesus, I believe, is, is, is inviting us to go to a deeper level of prayer this morning. I want to talk to us today about pa- praying bold prayers, praying audacious prayers. When we talk about dangerous prayers, church, I'm talking about prayers that when you pray them, it kind of freaks you out that you said it. I'm talking about prayers that are so big, you can't manufacture it, you can't manipulate it, you can't produce it on your own, that if it happens, the only person that could do it is God himself. Dangerous prayers. That at their center, they believe that there is nothing impossible with God. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Ephesians chapter three, verse 20. Ephesians three twenty says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask, think, or imagine according to his power that, that is at work within us. Do you hear that? That God is able to do more than you could ever ask. God is able to do more than you could ever imagine. Dangerous prayers don't intimidate God because the biggest thing that you and I could ever ask God for, don't even scratch the surface of what He is able to do. So I am telling you today, I am telling you, students, your school needs you to pray dangerous prayers. Dangerous prayers that if God answered your prayer today when you went back to school on Tuesday, it would be a different place. Families, God wants you to pray dangerous prayers for your kids. Parents, let me ask you a question. Let me ask all the parents a question. Parents, what are you praying for your kids this school year? Are you just praying that God would keep them safe and give them a good day every day? Is that it? Because listen, there is nothing wrong with that. You ought to pray that God keeps your kids safe, right? You ought to pray that God, keeps your, that you ought to pray that God gives your kids a good day. But is God able to do more? Yes, he is. What if you raised it up, and instead of just simply praying, God, give him a good day today, what if you raised up your game and looked at who God was and said, God, I pray that you'd raise up my son and raise up my daughter to be part of a generation of influencers who transforms that school and transforms the world. Why? Because God can do more. God can do more. And so here's what I want to see today. I want us to see a dangerous prayer that this church prays, okay? Okay. So so I want you, so this is the first time in the series that we're leaving Acts 2.42. I really just want you to flip one page to Acts chapter 4. We're going to read a dangerous prayer. Acts chapter 4, verses 24 through 31. And we're going to read a dangerous prayer that this church prays. If you don't have a Bible, it's going to be on the screen behind me here in just a moment. But before we read that prayer, I, I want to kind of set the context for us so we can all understand what's happening here. In the context of Acts chapter 3 and Acts chapter 4, In Acts chapter 3, Peter and John are walking through Jerusalem and there's a paralyzed man and he's at the door of the temple. He's been paralyzed from birth and he's laid at the door of this temple pretty much every day of his life begging for money. And so Peter and John walk by and this paralyzed man does what he does for everybody else that walks by. He says, hey, can I have some money? Peter looks at him and says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I'll give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Get up and walk. And what do you think happened? boom he gets up and walks and listen jerusalem was already having their ever-loving mind blown with the gospel Three thousand people got saved in acts chapter 2 the authorities were looking at this new thing they called it the way because christianity in its early days was a cult because all cool things in the name of jesus are called a cult in the early days what anyway anyway sorry um so sorry sorry um and so 3,000 people get saved. There's this new movement, Christianity. It's radically changing Jerusalem. The Pharisees and the authorities say, listen, we have got to stop this. But when a paralyzed man, and think about it, if a paralyzed man in a town like Hazard, all of a sudden he's been, par- he's been paralyzed from birth, and all of a sudden he's able to walk around. Say, How- say, what changed you? Jesus did. That would get people's attention, right? That would get people's attention. It did in Jerusalem. It did in Jerusalem. So much so it caused a commotion. Peter and John begin to preach Jesus in a really radical way. They are arrested. And in Acts chapter 3 in the beginning of Acts chapter 4 is the trial of Peter and John. And so Peter and John are put on trial before the Pharisees and Sadducees. Those would have been the religious leaders of the day. They had a really high power. They were almost the court of law. Really, they were the court of law during this day. And so they were brought before the court of law, Pharisees, Sadducees. And at the end of the trial, they're told, stop preaching Jesus or else. Or else what? Well, they could have been arrested, and later on they are. They could have been beaten, and later on they are. Or they could have been killed, and later on they are for their faith in Jesus. But in Acts chapter 4, they're arrested and they say, listen, stop the Jesus talk or else we're going to let you go. And so Peter and John leave. They go back to where all of the other Christians are. And when they get together with the other Christians, we're about to read this, they tell all the other Christians what just happened. Listen, guys, we just got arrested. They told us to shut up or else it could be bad. We don't know what's going to happen. Now, stop for a second. What would you do in that situation? You just got arrested maybe for just going to church. You just got arrested maybe for talking to somebody at your school or at work about Jesus. And the authorities say, listen, if this happens one more time, it's going to be bad for you, for your kids, for your husband, wife. This is the one time we'll let you go or else. What would you do in that moment? Some people would get a lawyer in five minutes be on Fox News within 24 hours and an internet sensation with your face on all kinds of memes, right? Do you know what this church did, though? And hey listen, there's nothing wrong with lawyering up. There's nothing wrong with jumping on Fox News. There might be something wrong with your face being on all kinds of internet memes. I don't know. But do you know what they did? Do you know what they did? They prayed. That's what they did. I want you to see what they did. Let's look at this. Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. Uh, Acts chapter 4, beginning in verse 24. When they heard it, when all of the Christians heard what had just happened to Peter and John... When they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan have predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Every dangerous prayer has two characteristics. Two characteristics that shape every dangerous prayer. If you're taking notes on our app today or you're writing this stuff down, you want to remember these two things, all right? First thing, every dangerous prayer, a dangerous prayer. Dangerous prayers have the right perspective. Dangerous prayers have the right perspective. I love how they started this prayer off. Did you see what it says there in verse 24? When they first started the prayer, the first thing they say when they start to pray is sovereign Lord who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Sovereign Lord. And what that means is simply this. There is no one and no thing bigger than our God. Nothing. I remember when I was in grade school, all the, all the, all the I don't know if girls did this. It'd be kind of cool if girls did this. But all the boys, we would all sit together at lunch and we would talk about everybody we could beat up if we got in fights. It was awesome. And we would all sit together and we would talk about guys that might be sitting there, some guys that were actually sitting there and we'd say, man, I bet I could beat that dude up and then everybody would say, oh man, there's no way you could beat that guy up. He's way bigger than you. Or they're, oh yeah, you could totally whoop him, man. He's way smaller than you. And, and the only determining factor we had in grade school was you could win a fight based on if the guy was bigger than you or you were bigger than them. Because in grade school, we just thought that whoever the bigger guy was, that's the guy that wins. And apparently, we weren't blessed enough to have seen and our lives changed by the glorious beauty that is Rocky IV. Amen? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's take an offering. Um, and, and so, so here's what they said. They say, Sovereign Lord. Here's what that means. There is no one that can handle our God. In, in a fight, God always wins. There is no one, no thing bigger than our God. See that phrase there, Sovereign Lord? Here's what that means. It, sovereign means total control. That God is in total control of absolutely Everything. See, you and I, we've got to understand, there is not, listen to me here, listen to me. There is not a speck in the universe outside of the control of God right now. That's what that means. That there, there isn't anything in the world, in the galaxy, there isn't anything outside of the control of God right now. And I know that is so hard to believe, because when you look at your life and when you look at the world, it seems like everything's falling apart sometimes, doesn't it? When you look at the world sometimes, it looks as if everything is spinning out of control. I mean, here it is in the Bible. The Bible says that God is the sovereign Lord. He's in total control. And then you watch the news. Or You don't even have to watch the news. You just look at what's happening in your house and you feel like nobody's in control. Have you ever been there? Some of you are there right now. Right? Right? Or or you look around at what's going on and surely God is in heaven just like you wringing his hands. What are we going to do? Surely God is pacing the halls of heaven just like you are. Oh my gosh, how did it get this way? And see, one of our biggest problems, one of our biggest problems is we look at God through the lens of our circumstances. When what we need to do is look at our circumstances through the lens of God's revelation in the Bible. Let me say that one more time. One of our biggest problems is we look at God through the lens of our circumstances when we should look at our circumstances through the lens of God's revelation in the Bible. Because what happens is this. How many times have you been praying? Well, let me say this. Notice how they don't pray in Acts chapter 4. Notice how they don't pray in Acts chapter 4. They don't get together, hear that the authorities told them to shut up or else, and then they start to pray, and they say, Let's pray, guys. Let's pray. Oh, God, this is bad. Jesus. Oh, what are we going to do? Oh, God, I've heard you're good, but I don't know about it. I'm freaking out. Oh, amen. Right? Hey, 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 be honest with me. Be honest with me. Don't we pray like that sometimes? Don't we do that? The spiritual people whose halo is glowing right now, you don't pray that way. I'll be honest, I pray that way sometimes. I pray that way sometimes. And probably one of the things that's got me praying that way is you. Sorry. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Right? Don't we do that? Just, Just pray, and the entire time we are freaking out. And then here's what happens. We say amen, we stop praying, we get up off our knees, and then we walk away and we think, I wonder why prayer doesn't work for me. When the whole time we've been looking at our situation, Instead of who God is. And see, when we say that God is in control of all things, some of you are thinking a good question. Well, Mark, there's a lot of bad things in the world, man. What, what about evil? What about suffering? What about pain? What about heartbreak? Verses 27, 28, look at it. Look at 27. And 28, for truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel. Watch this, to do whatever your hand and your plan have predestined to take place. Here's what that means. What that means is simply this, that the most evil act in the history of humanity is what happened to Jesus Christ. That's the most evil act that's ever happened in history. No one was more innocent, more undeserving of the suffering that he went through than Jesus. And Herod and Pontius Pilate and all of those authorities came together and they sent Jesus to a criminal's cross. And listen, if you would have watched CNN on that weekend, on Easter weekend, when Jesus is hanging there on the cross, just from a horizontal perspective, you would have been with all the other disciples thinking, this is over. I thought this guy was God. I thought he was gonna live forever. What in the world? This is the worst moment of our lives and 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 that's what we see horizontally but we don't see what God sees vertically right we didn't see that 3 days later the resurrection was going to come we didn't see that the darkest day was going to lead to the salvation of mankind because here's what we know that God has the ability to reach down into the dirt and the pain and the mire and the darkness and to work things out work things together. See, it's hard to see that in the moment, but a lot of times you can see it in the rearview mirror, can't you? Have you ever been through something that's so dark, that hurts so bad, and you didn't think you were going to make it through, and then you made it through, and you looked in the rearview mirror of your life, and you said, I think that God brought me through that. You ever been there? I, I think that I'm more like Jesus because of that, I think that God was drawing me near. I thought God was leaving me during that, but you know what? I think that God was drawing me close to Him during that. See, listen, listen, these people had a reason to be scared, they had a reason to freak out. I mean, the authorities had just told them, shut up or else. Let me ask you a question this quick. I know I'm hanging on this first point, but I want our church to get this first point. What freaks you out today? What are you scared of right now? Maybe it's a test you gotta take. Maybe it's a doctor's appointment you've got coming up. Maybe it's something going on with your family. Maybe it's a financial situation. I don't know what it is. But, but how do you beat that kind of fear? How do you beat the kind of fear that causes God to look real small and your situation to look really big. How can you beat the kind of fear that eats away at and takes, at, takes down your faith? How do you beat that kind of fear? Here's how you beat that kind of fear. You get a bigger fear. The way you beat that fear that eats away at your faith is you get a bigger fear. See, the Bible talks about the fear of the Lord. And it doesn't mean that we're scared of God, but what the fear of the Lord means, it means that our hearts are captured by His love for us, by how good He is for us, good, to, good He is to us, rather, that there is nothing bigger, there's no one greater. We just sang it, didn't we? Hello? There is no one greater than our God. Did you believe it when you sang it? right? And, and our hearts are captured with that. So when we get the diagnosis of this might take you down, if nothing else steps in, this will take you down. Because our hearts can be captured by a greater reality, we can have the assurance and confidence to know, you know what, if God doesn't heal me in this life based on the assurance of what Jesus did for me, that if I'm not healed here, I will be healed then. And I will live forever. I love this question. I love this question by Paul Tripp. I love this question by Paul Tripp. will be on your screen. Then we'll move on point number two. Will you let your interpretation of circumstances tell you who God is? Or will you allow God's awesome revelation of himself to interpret your circumstances for you? That could change your life. See, see, Prayer is not a last-ditch effort. Prayer isn't what we do when all else fails. Prayer is always the first and best resort. Why? Because through Jesus, every one of us has a direct line to the sovereign Lord of the universe. So second thing, second thing, last thing. See, every dangerous prayer has the right perspective, but also dangerous prayers. Number two, dangerous prayers stretch us. Dangerous prayers stretch us. Listen to verse 29 in Acts chapter 4. Verse 29, Acts chapter 4. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servant to continue to speak your word with all boldness. I think it's important that we see what they don't ask God to do there. Watch this again. Let me read it. Read it with me here. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and what would you say next? I know exactly what I would say next. Lord, look upon their threats, and please stop it, because it freaks me out. Oh, God. Lord, look upon their threats, and like, just teleport them to another galaxy. God, look upon their threats, and send me to uh, Vegas, or something like that. Lord, look upon their threats, and just like, put a hedge of protection around me. Because somewhere we think that, you know, a hedge of protection, you know, is good until the devil devil gets some hedge trimmers, and he starts doing some gardening in our lives. And so, God God can you just, God, God, this freaks me out. make it go away. Make it stop. They don't say that. They say this: God look upon their threats and grant your servants to continue to speak your word with boldness. God, you see what they said, and you've got a part to play, but God, so do I. Listen, listen, lean in for a second. We're almost done, okay? Lean in. Listen. God does the heavy lifting in your life. God's got a plan for your life. God's got a purpose for your life, but I want you to write this down and never forget it. You have a part to play. You've got a part to play. God does the heavy lifting, but you've got a part to play. See, dangerous prayers stretch us Because God, in every dangerous prayer, will call you to step out of your comfort zone, take a step of faith, and God wants to use you to bring that dangerous prayer into reality. God does the heavy lifting, but you and I, we have a part to play. So you pray a dangerous prayer. Maybe this is where your marriage is. You pray a dangerous prayer like, God, save my marriage. And God in heaven looks back and says, all right, I would love to save your marriage, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to love your spouse the way that Jesus loves the church like never before. I want you to serve your spouse. I want you to put his needs, her needs before your needs, even when it hurts. What about them, God? They need to change. Yes, they do. But I'm going to use you to make this marriage what I want it to be. That would stretch you. That would be uncomfortable for you. But a dangerous prayer, God does the heavy lifting, and you and I have a part to play. You might pray that God breaks an addiction out of your life. Say, God, take this away from me. God, help me not to struggle with this. God, help me not to look at this anymore. God, help me not to think this way anymore. And God might say, all right, I'm ready to make that move, but I need you to make, get some hard things out of your life. I need you to stop going there. I need you to stop looking at that. I'm going to need you to go to rehab. And I'm going to answer this dangerous prayer, but I'm going to stretch you in the process. You pray, God, save my teammates. (laughs) And and you're praying that, hoping that God will send a preacher or an evangelist to all your teammates, right? And God says, all right, I'm going to do it this season. And I want you to tell them, this is the season that I want you to tell every one of your teammates what I've done in your life. I'm going to use you to do it. Man, I've seen this in my life, guys. I've seen this in my life. Years ago, before I, it was even on my heart to come back here and uh, plant Summit, move back home and start Summit, years ago before it was even in my heart to plant a church at all, there were people right here in eastern Kentucky, right here, while we lived away from here, I was thinking about everybody back home, and there were people that I was, I was praying that they would be saved. There were people, and I, I prayed for them that they would get involved in a church and they would grow, and, year, and I was praying dangerous prayers for them. God, do whatever it takes to save them. God, do whatever it takes to get them connected and to help them to grow. God, do whatever. Whatever it takes to change their lives and you know what I didn't realize I didn't realize God was going to call us to come back here and to start this and the amazing thing and I'm not saying this to brag or anything like that I'm giving glory to God this morning because some of the people I prayed for they've got saved in this church and they are serving in this church and they go to this church and some of you are here right now and I'm just telling you that listen every dangerous prayer God does the heavy lifting but you and I have a part to play we got a part to play, guys. Yeah, I mean, Jesus is alive. Why would you want to get fired up? I know, I know. Um, you know, sorry. Um, but we got, we've got a part to play. And so, so here's what I want to challenge you to do. I want to challenge you to do this, man, and then I'm going to let you go. We are not talking about a form of praying that's for, like, varsity-level Christians who have great faith. Okay, that's not at all what we're talking about. Jesus says, ask, seek, knock, and I'll answer. Jesus invites us to come to him and believe him for all that he is because he has, he has more power. He's able to do more than we ask, think, or imagine. I want to tell you, your family, this community, this region, your school needs, needs you to pray dangerous prayers. Do you believe that? I believe that. I believe that this region needs the church of Jesus Christ to pray radical, audacious, faith-filled prayers that God would move in this community. And we would be willing to play our part in the answer to those prayers. If we're not willing to play the part, then don't play the game and don't pray. But I believe that Jesus is inviting us to test him to seek him, to step out of the boat, get on the water, and say, God, save my school. God, save my marriage. God, save my kids. God, save this city. And you will do the heavy lifting. But I will play my part. So how do you get started? Mark, I'm in. How do I get started? How do I get started praying a dangerous prayer? I'll tell you exactly how you can get started. Pray for what they did. What they pray for? What was their dangerous prayer? Boldness. They prayed for boldness. Listen, listen. If there was ever a time when the world needed the church to be bold, it's right now. Not bold and like an arrogant, mean, loud, you got a, you got a protest sign. Hey, y'all need to repent, turn or burn. Bro, that ain't working. All right? But the world needs us to love more boldly than we ever have. The world needs us to serve more boldly than we ever have. The world needs us to speak the gospel more boldly than we ever have. Boldness isn't about being extroverted, boldness is about being introverted, but it's about God wanting to give His people courage. A scared church will never take the gospel to the world. A timid church will never make a dent in the darkness of addiction in this region. A scared church will never push back the darkness that's, that's moving forward. But a bold church, driven by prayer, will. And so here's what I'm challenging our church to do. In just a moment, the band's going to come. I think Tim's going to come here in just a second. They're going to pray, and I'm going to open up this altar. And if today you, that you, you would pray that prayer, God, make me bold. I'm challenging our church to pray a dangerous prayer. God, make me bold. I don't even know what that means. But I'll do it. Because, right? Right? You might come up here today and pray. This is why you shouldn't do it. This is why, oh, everybody's coming. It's so sweet. Let's all go. No, bro. You might come up here and say, God, make me bold. And God says, awesome, five months. He might call you to move everything to Africa. Hello. Somebody, I just talked somebody out of it. Praise the Lord. We're being serious. You might come up here and say, God, make me bold. He might call you to move and start a church. You might come up here and say, God, make me bold. He might, t- he might tell you to share the gospel with your boss. come up here, God, make me bold. He might tell you, you need to ask that person for forgiveness. You might come up here and say, God, make me bold. He he might say, I want you to go home and I want you to love your spouse the way that Jesus loves the church. But I'm going to challenge us. I'm going to pray as soon as I say amen. If if that's your prayer today, Jesus, I want to be bold. I want you to get up out of your seat. You can come up here and pray together. I would love for students to come together, families to come together, but if that's your heart today and you are willing to pray it and play your part in whatever that might be, God, make me bold. As soon as I say amen, I'm going to invite you to come up. I'm going to come down here and pray. And I would love for us to pray today that God would make us a bold church. Everybody stand. Everybody stand up. I'm going to pray. And as soon as I get done, as soon as I say amen, I'm going to come down here and pray. I'd love for some of you to come. If that's your prayer, God, make me bold. God, make us bold today. The world needs a bold church, a loving church church a church that's that's bold that's filled with the holy spirit god the world needs a church that's bold that wants to serve and lay down our lives that doesn't just talk about it on sundays god you are the sovereign lord of the universe and some people boldness (laughs) some people are walking through such a dark time right now boldness for them looks like just simply hanging on praise god for that God, some people are walking through something right now, and boldness for them it just looks like staying faithful. Boldness for them it just looks like still believing in their kids, still believing in their spouse. Boldness for somebody might look like starting that prayer group at their school. Boldness for them might look like taking somebody out to lunch they haven't talked to. Boldness for them might be sending a text message. Say, hey, we haven't seen your church in a while. I don't know what boldness looks like. But I know that a scared church and a timid church and a fearful church won't change the world, but a bold church will. And boldness has nothing to do with personality, but it has everything to do with the people surrendering their hearts to you. So, God, right now, let us do that. We'd be a bold people. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you want to come forward, you can come right now. Just come on. continuing in prayer and just make that our prayer today God make us bold let's pray as a church right now Father that is our prayer that is our desire God that you would make us bold God there there are people right here in this region right now they need us to be bold this week God there are there are families right now they need to be bold with love bold with grace bold with the gospel God there are there are schools that need students to be bold there are neighborhoods that need people to be bold We are asking you, you are the sovereign Lord of the universe, to change this region, God, to break addiction. God, I pray for every teenager and every teacher, God, that fills these schools around us, God, that you fill them with your spirit, fill them with love and grace. God, give them influence in this school system. God, in the schools here, give them influence, God, that they would be a testimony to the gospel. I pray for business leaders, people of influence right here in this region. God, give them influence, give them boldness. Stand up for truth. Stand up for what's right. Give them wisdom. Pray for families, God. Give them boldness. God, to whatever they need right now, to, to just endure and press on, God. Give them that grace, God. Give them boldness. Father, the person, I don't even know what boldness would look like for all of these people, but I do know, God, that all of these people in this room filled with the Spirit of God change this community people would be different make us bold every head bowed with every eye closed for you maybe it starts where you need to give your life to jesus christ that's you today i'm going to give you an opportunity right now if you want to surrender your life to jesus for the very first time just pray this prayer with me say dear lord jesus forgive me for my sin and come into my life and save me god i need you today i need you today fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for saving me and for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen, no one is looking around. But if you just prayed to give your life to Jesus Christ, when you walked in today, you got a connection card. On the back of that connection card, there's a box that says I gave my life to Christ. Will you check that box? Just check that box, and on your way out, there's going to be volunteers with baskets. Drop that card in there, or better yet, take that card to the welcome table, because we'd love to give you a free Bible, some other things we put together, especially for you today but don't leave until you tell somebody what jesus has done in your life today and if you prayed today that god would make you bold hey would you put that on your card today we would love to pray with you and for you maybe god's leading you to do something to start something maybe god's leading you to take a step let us know so we can pray for you father thank you for today thank you that you are a god that hears prayer you are a god that invites us to pray risky dangerous bold audacious prayers and that's what we do today Prayers that change schools. Prayers that change a nation. God, prayers that change families. Prayers that break people free. God, that's what we want to do today because you're the God of more than enough. You're a God who is able. We believe it. And we love you today. And we worship you. And all God's people pray this in Jesus' name. And we all said amen. Church, let's give God praise for today. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, here's what I here's what I want us to do today. Uh I don't know, uh, I think Tim Eisen was here. Did Tim leave? I don't know where Tim went. I don't know where they, they went. I wanted Tim Eisen to come up here and pray. He's gone now. Uh, <clears throat> I was going to have him come up here. I don't know where he went. Tim Eisen, the guys from Weitzburg are here. They were here, and then they, uh, then they uh, step, had to step out, I guess. Uh, but here's why they were here. Maybe you've seen them around here today. Is uh, They are having church tonight at 6 o'clock at Weitzburg. Right? Their building was rented this morning. And uh, so they, uh, they're having church tonight at 6 o'clock. And so, man, there is a bold move. I love that our team uh, that went out to start Summit Whitesburg last week, they had, I think, 53, 50, oh, a little over 50 people there, and God's just doing great things there. People are being saved. But tonight at 6 o'clock, our team from Summit Whitesburg is having church at uh, the Mountain Shriners building. They meet every Sunday at 11, but tonight it's at 6, man. It's awesome to have them here. I think they might be out in the lobby, so, hey, say hi to them there as you're leaving today. Guys, God bless you. Hey, don't forget, Life Group start. This week, love for you guys to jump into one. If you're a first-time guest, man, make sure to hit that welcome table. You guys are dismissed. Love you guys. See you next Sunday.